Welcome back to the ball. Brian's here, sitting in Suey. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing well. We're doing fantastic. We're doing even better today. Actually, there was a was a good little Champions League game that happened between. I don't know. I forget the teams, but I think it was in Madrid. Yeah, I, I, you know we are doing this podcast together. We don't have to group uh, group each other on our feelings about that game. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's the last time I bring it up. I promise. <laughs> so this week. Like I, like I said, there were some Champions League games. Um, City Dortmund. I heard some talks about uh, Haaland's family going to Madrid and Barcelona and City as well, maybe shopping around. But Pep came out this week and said that um, he's a bit too expensive out of their budget. I don't know about how true that is. But I think the word he said was, it's impossible. It's impossible? Well, hey, <laughs> uh, I think it's very possible. Um so they played today and it was 2-1 city and relatively comfortable Dortmund came back a little bit and uh Foden kind of put him to sleep there he also won man of the match but from watching the highlights at least who do you think was the man of the match Brian for me it has to be Kevin De Bruyne he had so many key passes you know he had the hockey assist to Kandugan which led to the Foden winner you know, he had the the initial goal to start off the game. He was just controlling the midfield. And I always forget, is he left-footed or right-footed? Or is he just one of those players who just does his thing? I think either foot's going to give a good shot with either. Wow, wow, wow. So first leg goes to City. What do you think? How do you think this one shakes out once they go back to Germany? You know, even with the away goal in hand, I, I still like City's chances. They're just too clinical, and Pep's going to have them prepared. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going with City. Um, I feel like Dortmund is going to score at home, but I I don't see City not scoring with these players that they have on this team. So, um, cool. and personally, I just love City's midfield. The Kandogan, Rodrigo, De Bruyne matchup against you know the youth of Dortmund. You know Jude Bellingham and Gia Reyna can only match up so well in that formation. That's true. That's true. And uh, what are they both? Uh, Bellingham is eighteen, right? He's so, yeah, he's a youngster. Wow, wow. He really showed his youth today, I guess. So, the big match, Madrid-Liverpool. was a rematch of the final. Happened a couple of years ago. Um, no Varane. Varane tested positive for COVID. Um, no Sergio Ramos. No Van Dijk. And Brian can probably tell you more about who they were missing. Yeah, no Van Dyke, no Joe Gomez, no Joel Matip. You know, let, let's wow. <laughs> the list goes on. And no Hazard on this side. So sure. Uh, but we did have Tony Cruz, luckily. And wow, I mean, that's all I can say about this man. It's watching Tony Cruz is kind of like I don't know, watching a a great painter or it's just someone who's really good at what they do. It's it's a joy to watch. That I think was it the first goal to Vinicius that crossfield ball and just perfectly and great control from Vinicius Jr. Fantastic uh, finish and he was also man of the match on that. Do you think Liverpool can pull this back? Second second half, second leg? Yeah, I certainly do think we could pull it back. You know, we were at Madrid so we got the away goal. Uh, you know, we were kind of gifted a, a ball straggling through that landed at Salah's feet to get in the finish. But we were outclassed today, and that was very clear. Um, it was mainly to our own demise. You know, like you mentioned, Cruz's ball over the top to uh, Vincis on the first one. Just lovely play. Nothing we could do there. But 
the re the rest. You know, Alexander Arnold gifted the ball to Arsenio, who had mm -hmm. some work to do once he got it, but that shouldn't have happened. And yeah, we just no. looked out of sorts. I was I was kind of skeptical about uh, Asensio getting the nod ahead of Rodrigo, but man, once the game started, I was like, okay, uh, I, I see why Zidane would go this route. And honestly, I was suspicious of Vinicius as well. Because this guy, if you watch Madrid games, we've kind of gotten on him for not being able to finish as well as he should be finishing. But he really showed his class this game, and uh, I feel really good going into the second leg. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you you'd be able to hold us um, scoreless. No home, no home advantage with no fans. I think I won't say this one is in the bag, but we're close. I feel, I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, we've dug ourselves a hole. Yeah, certainly. You know, and without any midfield control, Keita had to come out before half for Thiago. It just, it wasn't Liverpool's day. That's for certain. Now, uh, moving on to the English Premier League. So, the mouthwatering matchup was Arsenal-Liverpool. You know, and it wasn't as nice as it was advertised. 3-0. I'm sure you were celebrating. Uh... What can you say about this game? I mean, Arsenal was kind of just kind of laying around, letting Liverpool do whatever they would like. And it showed in the scoreline. Alexander-Arnold, man of the match. He's been in the news lately for getting dropped off the English team. Um, Salah got the goal. Mane got the assist. You feel like you're involving the right people here? Jota came on late as well. And you know, Jota came on and scored a pair. You know, he's he's now that he's healthy, he's making a legitimate case that he should be in that starting role over Firmino. Or even, you know, earlier in the season, we considered running an attacking four with all four of those guys up front. Um, but I think the story is Alexander-Arnold. After um, Gareth Southgate didn't roster him for the England squad, you know, he had something to prove. Um, I wish he would have continued today with that type of performance against Madrid, but he looked excellent against Arsenal with a beautiful ball over the top for the first Jota goal. Yes, and more to come on, on that Alexander-Arnold topic a little later. So, West Brom, Chelsea. The betting line for this was ridiculous last <laughs> last week. And I'll admit, so I'll, I put the bet in. It was, a re it was ridiculous. I think it was like $6 to win. Eighty-five dollars. That's how. That's how great the odds were. And I said, "Why not six dollars?" You know. So, I placed the bet. I, I thought I placed the bet, and the game was at four a.m. Uh, I love. I love watching football, but I'm not gonna wake up at four thirty a.m. to watch Chelsea West Brom. I'll be honest. <laughs> so I wake up like at seven, and I'm like, "Oh, there's there's a bet going on. There's a game that just happened." Check my phone and I see five two. I'm like, oh man, we hit the we hit the lotto today. We're 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 really doing it. But then I log into my betting account and I never confirmed the bet. You can only imagine how sad I was when I realized that. But that just means I lost all my money. My betting account is now d down to zero. I started with fifty dollars, went up to like. 70 75 now we're back down to zero right i just don't I, I don't know if i should keep betting brian what do you think well it, it, it's it really is a sad story you sound like that old man at the bar at the end of the day who you know that fish got away from him at the pond exactly but i i can't confirm you know uh, Sui and i did uh 
discuss our bets for the weekend and he he did say he was going to push that one forward so he did make the right call he just he didn't execute i should i should have dialed it in i didn't finish i was in goal <laughs> but i didn't i didn't finish now silver i think is the story of this game uh this was his first game back he was suffering an injury comes back in and gets sent off uh put them in a whole world of trouble it was nice to see Polish hit start that's his mm-hmm. second straight start, I think, under the new manager. And got the goal. Werner uh, got the assist. But other than that, you got to give it to West Brom. I would say they played amazing. Some of those goals were ridiculous. Pereira, what is this? Two goals, two assists. Who is this man? All right. And perfect 10 rating. Wow, wow. Man of the match, perfect 10 rating. That's that's incredible. Um, I want to say there are only a few players who have gotten a perfect 10 out of 10 rating. Uh, this season i wish we had that stat for you but uh, we'll let you know this is this is the first 10 i remember seeing uh when it comes to entire game rating now uh brian what do you think about this about this game well you know the that red card changed the dynamic completely chelsea was up 1-0 and they were cruising relatively and then silva picked up that red card in the 29th minute and it just changed it but even having that man advantage west brom looked excellent they had some crafty ball movement, um, some really clinical finishing. We had a lovely volley from Robinson in the second half. Uh, I liked what I saw. I love. I loved what I saw. They came out in a five-four-one. It looks like they were pretty solid and compact defensively, and then uh, this Chelsea team kind of plays narrow. If you don't have um, the the wide players out there to really get after it because Ziyech is, is very skillful. He's also a technical player, right? So he's going to cut in there and maybe play some great balls, but they didn't really have too much um, bite on the outsides because if you're running three in the back, you've got Kurt Zuma there and Espelicueta, and then you lose Silva. It's like, what are you going to do after that? And they were just outmanned, obviously, and um, what a performance by West Ham. What a performance. By West Brom. West Brom. There we go. <laughs> Man. Yeah, the last one we have on our docket here was uh, a, a battle of uh, Champions League contenders here. We had uh, Leicester City against Manchester City. Um, you know, I along with the Liverpool game, this was the other one I put some money down for, and unfortunately this one didn't pan out the way I had hoped. Um, Man City controlled it from the get-go. And your guy, De Bruyne, man of the match. He's almost becoming like a, um, you know, the argument, LeBron could win every NBA season, regular season MVP. And nine times out of 10, whenever De Bruyne is on the pitch, you could easily give him the man of the match with the kind of performance he's been putting in. Well, he's, he's an impact maker. Wherever you put him, whoever he's playing against, you know, he's going to make those key passes. He's going to use his strength and vision and, He's a fantastic player. Like you said, year in and year out, he's been amongst the best of the Premier League. Now, looking forward here, we've got Manu versus Tottenham. Uh, the betting line for this one is Manu is a plus one, 140. Tottenham is a plus 190. So uh, Manu is the favorites here. I think I'm going to put my money on Tottenham. Um, they're feeling the pressure, especially after dropping points. This past weekend with that late draw they got. And I think Mourinho will have everybody dialed in and ready to go. Brian, what do you, how do you think this one will go? I'm going the other direction. I'm going to go with Man U here. 
Um, you know, Tottenham's coming off a, a really poor result against Newcastle where they had a 2-2 draw. And Man United, they, it, the only team that has um, less losses than this thus far this season is Man City. They've only lost four games this year. And I really don't see it happening uh, against this Tottenham team in their current form. You've got you've to believe, Brian. <laughs> you got to believe. So this one's a... I'm going to risk $20, win 38 So we're, we're climbing out the hole, slowly but surely. Now, let's take a look at the top four here. West Ham is up there in the Champions League spot, just one point above Chelsea. Now, there's only five points separating fourth from ninth, and fourth right now is West Ham, ninth is Everton. Everton with a game in hand as well, so that can easily go down to two points. Uh, so competitive, this game and this league. Uh, if I had to go out on a limb here, I would say Chelsea sneaks in just because of the quality that they've been in. I think the last game was an anomaly. Defensively, they're amazing when uh, they decide to not get red cards. Um, Tottenham, Liverpool, I think I'm on the outside looking in. Um, you know, I you may you call me ignorant, may call me uh, biased here, but I, I still have belief that Liverpool is going <laughs> to sneak into that top four and retain their Champions League spot. Oh, man. Are you sure that's not the Liverpool in you? I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with it, but I'm looking at the stats here. There's eight games to go, and they're only uh, three points, or excuse me, yeah, three points off three of points. Champions League's position. That's that's, that's one match. I, it is? I think the longer the sending back pairing has to work together, the better they're going to keep getting. I, I have belief. I, I really do. They've got Aston Villa mm -hmm. this Saturday. You go Leeds. That's pretty good. You got Man U. I wouldn't be too afraid for of them. Newcastle. West, yeah. Newcastle. Southampton. West Brom. Burnley. It's, it's Crystal good. Palace. There's a lot of cake in there. <laughs> it's it's looking good. It's looking good. The thing there's a lot a lot of points in there. Well, let's see West Ham here. Who's who's West Ham got next? West Ham also has a pretty soft schedule got outside Leicester of that City. Leicester. We got Newcastle. They got Chelsea. Got Burnley. Okay, everything's. It looks like it'll be relatively even uh, strength of schedule, so it'll be interesting to see where, how this shakes out. Now, the big talk, well not the big talk, but most of the talk whenever Liverpool was playing or uh, any national team talks came up, it was the whole Alexander-Arnold getting left out of the English national team. To me, when I first read that, I thought it was a mistake, like a printing mistake. I thought I was I was like, wait, am I reading this correctly? Alexander Arnold got left out the squad. I did, really didn't believe it for the first couple of times I heard it until I looked it up. I said, wow, he really got left out the squad. They, uh, or Southgate took Trippier, Kyle Walker, and Reese James. And does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? For me personally, that's not how I would have selected the team. But looking at Gareth Southgate's mentality, he's a very defensive-minded manager. He likes to stick Declan Rice in the middle to clean everything up. He often likes to run a three-center-back rotation um, where you know you can't really put Trent Alexander-Arnold in a three-center-back rotation. He doesn't fit that scheme. Um, versus, well, Kyle Walker, you certainly can, or even in a pinch, Trippier. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the logic. But with the amount of output Trent Alexander has had, it, it's still quite shocking. It got even more shocking when I started digging into the stats a little bit. 
Right, so I thought, okay, uh, who are the top uh, English right backs in the league, right? Or in the world at that. So I got Trent Alexander-Arnold, Reese James, Kyle Walker, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, and Kieran Tipia. So I got, I split up two things here, offense and defense. So in offense, I was looking at assists, goals, shots per game, key passes, dribbles, and I was thinking of throwing in how many times they were dispossessed, but I let that one sit on the side as a just a little interesting tidbit. And off the bat, obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold being one of the most defensive, also relative to the other players, doesn't get the ball dispossessed as much. He's at uh, uh, half a disposition, so half... 90 minutes, 0.5 times he's getting dispossessed. The leading player who's getting dispossessed the most here was Reese James. So if you split them up, offense, defense. In defense, I was looking at interceptions, clearances, blocks, and tackles. All right. So the way this ranking works is I combined all their points on either defense and offense and saw how they stack up against each other. Obviously, number one, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Offensively, he was above the rest. Um, He's got one goal, six assists, averaging a shot a game, 1.7 key passes, which was the highest amongst those uh, right backs. And if you go on defense now, so offensively, the ranking goes Trent, Kieran Tipier, who's Always on the ball there. He actually has seven assists, so he's putting in some good balls. Uh, Reese James is going third. Aaron Wan Basaka and then Kyle Walker falls dead last. And he actually made it to the squad. Mm-hmm. So defensively now, if you rank, if you rank them based on tackles, interceptions, clearances, and also blocks, uh, Aaron Wan Basaka is ranked number one uh, when it comes to defense. Then it goes Kieran Trippier. Trent Alexander Arnold is third. And Reese James coming in fourth, and then Kyle Walker last again. He he made he he made the squad, right? It be, being last in both offense and defense. My goodness! So now we combine them. Now we're looking at overall, uh, according according to the balls analytics, who's the best uh, overall ranking? Trent number one, Trippier two, Aaron one, Basaka third, Reese James coming in fourth, and Kyle Walker last last again. Okay, so I said, all right, so it looks like Trent, obviously, when you're going just purely based off stats, he should make the team. Now, I also did something else. I wanted to see how much better at offense is each of these players compared to how good they are on defense, right? So basically simple division, adding up their points and then seeing what the, what the how many times their offense is, can be divided by their defense. And turns out Trent Alexander-Arnold is almost three times better at offense than he is at defense. And Reese James, about 2.3 times better at offense than he is at defense. Then it goes Kyle Walker, 1.35 times better. And Aaron Basaka, 1.06. And Kieran Trippier, 1.7. So... This got me thinking a little bit, right? Which, these are defenders. Do you think this should 
have that much of a disparity between how much they attack because Alexander Arnold loves to attack, right? And if you compare his offense compared to defense, he has one of the highest uh, differences here. Do you think that's part of the problem? Maybe Southgate just wants a defender. He has enough attackers. Maybe he just wants someone solid back there. Yeah, I think it has to be the mindset of the, the manager. Uh, if you're looking at raw talent, looking at pure output, no one in their right minds leaving TAA off their squad. Uh, I think it has to go with their formation um, and what they're looking to achieve. And you're right, they do have a lot of attacking options with the likes of Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Foden Phil coming Foden. up in the ranks. So it, that must be it. Or maybe maybe there's a personality issue. Who knows? Maybe there is. But again, Kyle Walker last in all of our categories and still made the team so maybe you need to ask some questions hopefully Southgate is listening you'll hit us up here at the ball at the ball podcast on Instagram mm -hmm. and uh, maybe let's, let's talk Southgate what's, what's going on you know how to reach us oh yeah you know you don't don't duck don't duck balls power rankings yeah the balls power rankings here we go we're gonna lead it off with number five the table doesn't reflect it, but like we said, it's real tight, four through nine. Number five, I'm going to put Liverpool coming off that performance against Arsenal where they looked really good. You know, we had three goals, kept the clean sheet against a tough Arsenal squad. Maybe not so tough recently, but they do have players that can put goals on you. Um, I will say on that game, it was disappointing. Udegaard, I was hoping he would come in, man the match, but ooh. I think he got like a 5.5 rating that game, and it was dis disappointing. You know, I was watching him, and initially he was free-flowing. He was moving the ball, but he absolutely disappeared. Fabinho swallowed him up in that second half. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're I myself am hopeful for this surge, and I think I do really believe it's going to happen. Um, coming into fourth, I'm going to put West Ham. We watched that game against Wolves this weekend, and Lingardinho. There he is. He looked excellent. Um, a beautiful goal in the first half, um, and uh, which led to a, a beautiful skill that, into a hockey assist for their second. He just oh, looked nice. That, that little flick. Oh my mm. goodness! That little flick in the corner there. He was. He, he he's onto something. This guy. He's onto something. Yeah, and they have a system that's working for him. You know, Antonio's holding the ball up. They're strong defensively, and you know we just looked at their schedule. It's relatively soft. I see them pushing forward i really do they're letting him play they're letting him play they're giving him the ball he has the confidence he's running at defenders and it's, it's great to seeing to see him uh, gain his confidence again it's going to make for some great matches in third place we're going with leicester um tough result against city anybody in this league's gonna have a tough time with city though um you know they're sitting in third with 56 points um four back from united you know they've been consistent. They're gonna have a real test though this weekend against Lingardinho and West Ham. There, there could be some shakeup in the balls rankings next week. For sure. And he and Nacho, uh, Premier League Player of the Year or Player of the Month last month. So mm -hmm. he's he's really been getting after it. And it's, it's up at the top. It's a the Manchester uh, party up at the top. We're gonna go with number two, Manchester United. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, only four losses on the season. You know that consistency is going to guide them to the top. You know they're they're unlikely to drop points going forward, um, and you know they're they're in a solid spot to retain Champions League. And uh, who's 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 number one? 
I really don't. I, of the listeners, they know how we feel about this, and standings reflect that Man City's up top. Uh oh. There's no question. You know, they look clinical from all the spots. They're the deepest team in the league by far. That one of the healthiest teams at this point, and they're 14 points clear. It's over. I think they got it in the bag. Thanks for tuning in to The Ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.